questions. Um, how's everyone's week been? <laughs> uh, the truth is, I don't really want to ask that because I'm terrified that someone says, oh, I've had a terrible week, da-da, and I'll be standing up here feeling inadequate because I don't know what to say. So I'll leave that one for Andrew. And the second one is, of course, anyone know what day it is today? <laughs> well, just to s stick with the tradition, I did Google it today. And it said that today is an Andrew free day. <laughs> um, no, I actually did Google it, and just for the record anyway, today is International Cardboard Box Day, if that's interested to anyone. Now, I tried, you know, I know Andrew squeezes it into his, his um, sermon, and I, and I couldn't find anything I could package up and, and fit into a cardboard box, so... <laughs> We'll have to just do without it. Okay, uh, today we're going to look at the sixth um, beatitude, which is, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God, Matthews 5, 8. We have already looked at, over the last couple of weeks, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, Blessed are the merciful. And as Andrew has already explained in the, in the previous weeks, the Beatitudes run in order. Um, so this is a little vision for everyone. First, you need to recognise that you are spiritually bankrupt. Once you realise you are spiritually bankrupt, then you will mourn for your sins and seek forgiveness for your sins. When you mourn for your sins and seek forgiveness, you will become meek before God and you will submit before God. You will submit to him. When you submit to God as your Lord and Saviour, you will then develop a hunger and a thirst for the righteousness of God. The more we seek, the meeker we will become and the more we hunger for God. As God changes you, you will become more merciful, more forgiving and more compassionate. Which leads us to today's sermon. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Let's pray. Um, dear Lord, thank you that we can be here today. Um, please help me to bring this message. Um, please give me confidence, as um, Cheryl asked, and um, let me present this so people can understand. But please, dear Lord, please open the ears of the congregation. Please let them listen to the word. Please let them take your word in. And please let them act on your word. In the name of Lord Jesus Christ, amen. So Andrew has actually sent me the format today. I didn't make all this up. Andrew said to me the way he wanted it. And so we've got three questions that we're going to answer or look at today. What does it mean to be pure in heart as Jesus is saying here? How do we see this in the life of Jesus? And how can we live this out today? So number one, what does it mean to be pure in heart as Jesus is saying this here? Well, good old Google, couldn't do without it. I think we've got that up on the screen. No, not yet. You want to put the pure in heart? So um, this is what Google says. Or this, it's actually the Webster Dictionary. I googled Webster Dictionary. Um, so pure, not mixed or adulterated with any other substance or material. Two, of sound, perfectly in tune with a clear tone. And three, 
wholesome, untainted by immorality, especially that of a sexual nature. Now, the second meaning here relates to sound, so that really doesn't have any uh, relevance to my sermon at all. So we're going to get rid of that one. So we're going to stick with one and three, add a bit more to them. Um, Pure, not mixed or adulterated with any other substance or material. Unmixed, single-minded for God, united with God, focused only on God. And number two, wholesome and untainted by immorality. Clean, unblemished, sinless. We have all heard of pure gold and pure silver. To achieve purity, the metal is melted into a molten liquid and the impurities or dross is skimmed off the top, leaving pure metal. The gold or silver are now unmixed, without impurities. They are said to be pure. We also relate the word pure to a fresh, clean sheet or fallen snow, clean and unblemished. Or in biblical times, we would have related this to a virgin girl, untarnished, ready to give herself to one single man in marriage. When Christ adds the word heart here, he is referring to emotions. In the biblical mindset, heart refers to the mind, will and emotions. Therefore, the word generally means both clean and unmixed. But if we look back at gold or silver, pure gold and silver is in fact not 100% pure. Purity on earth is unattainable. And this is another one from Google. 24 karat gold is pure. While 100% purity is unattainable, this designation is permitted in commerce for 99.95% purity. While on earth, even as Christians, we can never achieve 100% purity. You may have a forgiven heart, but it is not pure. Your heart has a rebellious, sinful, corrupt nature because this is the nature of the human heart. But purity must be our goal. We must always strive for purity. We must have a single mind for Jesus. We must focus on the cross. We must pursue the ways of God and not the ways of man. King David put it best in Psalms 86.11. Teach me your ways, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. King David is asking here for an undivided heart, a pure heart. The opposite of this, of course, is a heart that is split between, is a divided heart, sorry, a heart that is split between the ways of the world and the ways of God, a heart that seeks God but cannot let go of sin. King David is asking God to unify his heart to make it single-minded, unmixed, focused only on God. This verse comes from James 4, verse 8. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, you double-minded. James is speaking to Christians, calling them sinners, accusing them of being double-minded or having a divided heart, and asking them to seek forgiveness. Wash your hands, draw near to God, and seek purity of heart. We are all the same as these Christians James is addressing. We are all sinners. 
We all need to seek purity of heart. Jeremiah wrote this in Jeremiah 17.9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. And yet, it is beyond cure, but Christ also commands us, Be perfect, therefore, for your heavenly Father is perfect. Perfect. Matthew 5.48. But how, if our hearts are so deceitful, can we purify our hearts? By following the steps already outlined in the Beatitudes. Do this daily. First, you need to recognise that you are spiritually bankrupt. Once you realise you are spiritually bankrupt, then you mourn for your sins and seek forgiveness. When you mourn for your sins and seek forgiveness, you will become meek before God and submit to him. When you submit to God as your Lord and Saviour, you will then develop a hunger and a thirst for the righteousness of Christ. The more we seek, the meeker we become, the more we hunger for God. As God changes you, you will become more merciful, more forgiving and more compassionate. Number two, how do we see the purity how do we see purity in the life of Jesus? Let's look at the New Testament verse. Let's look at a, I've actually got a few verses here, um, a few New Testament verses which express the purity of Jesus. From 1 John 3, 3, All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. In this verse, John affirms Jesus as being pure just as he is pure. Jesus was sinless. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. Jesus was tempted, just as we are tempted, but still he did not sin. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Hebrews 4.15 Jesus can empathise with us because he was a man who endured temptation and overcame it. Such a high priest truly meets our needs, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted from the heavens. Hebrews 7.26 Jesus is holy, blameless and pure but with the precious blood of Christ a lamb without blemish or defect 1 Peter 1 1 19 without blemish or defect Jesus was clean unblemished sinless and pure and from Peter he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth 1 Peter 2 19 these verses all show the purity of Jesus Christ. His life was blameless and without sin. But I also want to look at the purity of Jesus in the ministries in his life. So we're going to look at Jesus as a person, Jesus as a high priest, Jesus as the Lamb of God, Jesus as a preacher-teacher, and Jesus as our pattern. Jesus as a person. Jesus was God, but he was also man. He was God in the flesh. Here are a few Bible verses that states this. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit. 1 Timothy 3.16 The Word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. 
We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1.14 And this is one of the verses that, um, that was read out earlier. Um, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their hum- humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery but their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become merciful and faithful, the merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered, he was tempted. He was able to help those being tempted. Because Jesus was human and tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He understands. In Psalms 24.3, David asked this question. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in the holy place? David is asking here, who is pure enough to stand before God? Is there anyone? But then in the very next verse, he answers his own question. The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in idols or swear by false gods. The one who has clean hands and a pure heart and does not have a divided heart. Jesus is that one, the one and only, who has clean hands, a pure heart and an undivided heart, a heart committed to the Father. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. John 8.29 Jesus is divine and was human in nature. Jesus is God who came to earth as a man in obedience to the Father. He lived as every other man. He was tempted like every other man, but remained pure. No sin was found in him. Jesus the man was clean, unblemished, sinless. He is pure because his heart is pure. Jesus as a priest. Hebrews seven twenty six to 28. Such a high priest truly meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once and for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weaknesses, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son, who has been made perfect forever. Jesus is the perfect high priest. He has been set apart from sinners and exalted in the heavens. He is without sin, but offered a sacrifice of himself for our sin. He has been made perfect or pure forever. Jesus, our high priest, was clean, unblemished and sinless. He is pure because his heart is pure. Jesus as the Lamb of God. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is John the Baptist saying this. He recognised Jesus Jesus as the Lamb of God, pure without blemish. In this verse, in the verse we read earlier from Hebrews, it's stated he sacrificed for their sins once and for all 
when he offered himself. Jesus, as the high priest, not only offered a sacrifice to God, but he was the sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb to take away the sins of the world. For you know that it is not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty ways of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Jesus, the Lamb of God, was clean, unblemished and sinless. He was pure because his heart was pure. Jesus, the preacher and the teacher. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Matthew 4.17 Jesus went through Galilee, Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. Matthew 4.23 You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbour and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Matthew 5.43.44 Jesus preached a pure message, the gospel message. He warned people to repent and taught them not only to love your neighbour, but also love your enemies. Jesus the preacher taught a clean, unblemished, pure message. The message is pure because the teacher's heart is pure. Jesus, our pattern. Peter said this in 1 Peter 2, 21-22. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example, that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no defect was found in his mouth. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. 1 John 3, 3. Be perfect, therefore, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. Matthew 5, 48. The Father commands us to follow Jesus as our pattern. We must strive to be pure, just as he is pure. Jesus, our pattern, was clean, unblemished and sinless. He is pure because his heart is pure. Now, number three. How can we live this out today? Which is probably the harder one. Well, I'd like to give you an, an analogy of the car engine. Anyone who has ever carried out an oil change in a car would know just how dirty and filthy sump oil is. It's... As black as black gets, it's runny and it's so filthy that if you've done a few oil changes, um, you can walk into a garage and you can actually smell the sump oil if there's sump oil lying around. It's got a real stench about it which you can identify. But this is in complete contrast to new oil. New oil is quite nice, kind of a golden colour. It pours really nice, has the viscosity somewhere between water and honey. And if you rub it between your fingers, it actually feels quite nice. Now, I know you wouldn't put it on as aftershave, but it actually doesn't really smell that bad either. Certainly not like, the, not like the filth of the sump oil that it comes out. So what happens to the oil? Why does it go in so nice and come out so black? So we can put this down to the environment, the environment inside the engine. The oil inside the engine has to deal with friction and friction wearing away parts and adding impurities to the oil. It oil also has to deal with heat and it has to deal with pressure, 
which breaks down the structure of the oil. So every 5,000 kilometres, or 40,000 kilometres apparently on a new BMW, you need to give your car an oil change. So to do this, you remove the sump plug, drain the oil, change the filter, and then pour in clean new oil. But what happens if you change the oil filter, but do not change the oil? The new oil will become unclean and contaminated. Alternately, if you change the oil but don't change the oil filter, the oil will become unclean and contaminated when it passes through the oil filter. To ensure a proper oil change is carried out, you must change both the oil and the oil filter. So this is the same with us. When you become a Christian, God gives us a new oil filter, a forgiven heart, a heart for Jesus. And he supplies us the good oil, the word of God, the word of God and prayer is the good oil. To overcome the corrupt world we live in, a world of friction, a world of pressure and a world of sin, we need both. We need a clean heart and the word of God, the new filter and the good oil. We seek purity, we need a daily oil change. We need to follow the Beatitudes daily. We need to, and you should know this by now, we need to recognise that you are spiritually bankrupt. Even as Christians, we are spiritually poor. We need to mourn for our sins and seek forgiveness. Even as Christians, we need to mourn our sins and seek forgiveness. We need to become meek before God and submit to him. We need to develop a hunger and a thirst for the righteousness of Christ. We need to seek him more and more. And as God works in your life, you will become more merciful, more forgiving, more compassionate and your heart will become purer, more focused on him. I'd like to finish with a, with a verse we started with. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Matthews 5.8 But I'd like to invert it and turn it around the other way. To see God is to be pure in heart. Or as James puts it in 4.8, in James 4.8, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Purifying your heart is like a rotating wheel. You must seek God to see God and the more you seek God, the more you'll see God and the more you'll want to seek God and in the process, your heart will become pure. Okay, thank you.